0: Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Wow, you guys are always great with the good mornings. Uh, it's good to be with you here today, and... Uh, we're going to continue in our series, and I just want to share a few things with you before I get going today, if I could, if, that, if that's okay. Um, I just want to share with you that... Um you know, we did the Orange County or Operation Christmas Child boxes. You remember those things we send? And I hope you took part of that. If you didn't, please, next year, do it. And there was 30 of us from uh, New Beginnings that went on last Thursday night to the big warehouse in Orange County with a bunch of other people there from all kinds of organizations and churches. And we just, for four hours that night, we were making sure the boxes were fine, had everything they needed in them. But they were talking there, the leaders of it, uh, Samaritan's Purse, and they were saying they just, and last year they said, I think it was two million boxes went out around the world. And that is like, think about it. every one of those box, shoeboxes with gifts for Christmas in these several countries, they, um, they minister and they share the gospel of Jesus Christ with every one of those kids. Now, if you think about the impact, p- potential impact of that, of us here, each individual putting a shoebox together, sending it out there. Can you imagine, and the, the ones we were working on that night were Philippines and New Guinea, I think. And can you imagine a generation of kids Receiving Christ, life changes They grow up and they become The leaders of that country In about 20, 30, 40 years Can you imagine the impact of that right there I want you to think about that for next year Because boy, we could be doing some major damage To the satanic kingdom Amen to that one right there So never, never forget that I also want to do a shout out Yeah, My other shout out is um, On Thanksgiving, you guys don't get to hear these things But our, our um, our communities group uh, a lot of you do community market led by pastor Aaron Diaz you guys went and served Thanksgiving meals to the seniors at the complex here in Narco. How many, anybody go to that to help out with that right there? Anybody? Just Erin went, she's the only one. No, I'm just joking. Don't no, but over there, yeah. I know there was quite a few of you that went and, and they're so appreciative at that complex, but serving all those uh, turkey dinners uh, to the people, Thanksgiving dinners. So these things are going on, but you don't always know they're going on Because we don't always say it But I just want you to know There's a lot of great things That are happening all the time And we're not finished yet Amen I mean last week When I asked us uh, church people To go pick up those gift cards For foster kids And those foster kids Are the ones that are aging out Uh, they've already aged out so they really need this stuff and boy you guys boy you went out there and I think there was three left which really disappointed me after no I'm just joking Um, but there was three there was a bunch of them there was only three left so you guys really scooped them up and you're gonna bring them back and we're gonna get to bless uh, foster kids uh, with that right there and so it just it's just really good things that we get to be part of because we're blessed to be a blessing amen I like that a lot. Um, I just want to make sure that you understand this also. Um, this year, Christmas and New Year's falls on Sunday. We all know that, right? In case you didn't know that, you know that now, all right? Uh, but what we've done the last couple times, I think last year, the last time for sure, and two times ago, about 10 years ago, we started doing this, is we're going to have our Christmas and New Year's service not on Sunday, but on on Saturday, that's right. Now, before you die over that one right there, we're gonna have it at 9.30 and 10, 9 and 10.30 on that Saturday, our Christmas will be on Saturday, and then we'll have it New Year's Eve, not on Sunday, at 9 and 10.30. Now, just so you know why. If somebody asks you why, and somebody goes, well, Christmas, how co-? Well, first off, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Any amen to that one right there? I mean, let's just get that one straight off the top, okay? He was probably born late September. So you... you some of you celebrate Christmas not on that day because you meet with family different days, amen? Well, my family does it December 24th. But um, the reason why we do this is twofold, really. Um, number one is to give our servants the opportunity to not have to be gone from their families that day because, you know, they're serving and we want, we want to take care of our servants, correct? And so the second thing is, I'd like you guys to spend it with your family on that Sunday morning, wake up with your family on Christmas Day, right? Don't you think that's a better thing, a good thing to do? I think I want you to be with your families, wake up, you can be in your little onesies. I know you wear them <laughs> and stuff like that. I, don't want, I want to get the image out of my mind now, Okay. Okay, so just so you understand that, okay? So that, that's what's coming. Now today, um, I'll, I'll put up that verse up there that I want us to memorize and kind of understand some things about it too. Um, let's read it together, 2 Timothy three sixteen seventeen. 17. We do this every week with a verse. This has been going on for like about six weeks now. Here, let's read it all together. One, two, three. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Okay, go back to verse 16. Let me let me try this here. Um, so I want to focus on the word training, at the bottom verse training in righteousness. It's the idea of discipline, and you could put in the in the in the context of the rearing of a child. And if you raise children, you know there's discipline involved, right? so if you look at now the the word teaching then reproof then correction then training let me try to say it let me hope I get this right try to say it this way it says profitable for teaching that tells you what's right reproof tells you what's wrong good correction tells you how to get right training tells you how to stay right you see that right there so it tells you what's right then what's wrong? And then it says how to get right, then how to stay right. And that's what scripture does in our life. Amen to that one? So hopefully that keeps sticking with you as we go along. So today, uh, I'm going to talk on the Christmas message of how to break bad habits, all right? Now, you think that doesn't go together? We'll see in a second. How many of you ever try to make personal changes? Oh, not everybody. Hallelujah. <laughs> um. <laughs> How many of you ever made a New Year's resolution? How many of you will never make another New Year's resolution? Because it's, for me, it's just, it doesn't work. Uh, you know, you try it, but it's like, well, there that's gone. You know, I'm out. You know. That didn't work there. So, you know, how do you make the changes you want to make? How do you leave things that you want to leave in the past? Just let it go and not be part of your life anymore. Here's what I noticed as a follower of Christ. Uh, maybe you've noticed it too. When I became a Christian, I'll, I, I remember the moment. I remember the night. It's 43 years ago. Um, but my life, the moment I, when I said that prayer and I came up from, you know, I always say came up because I, I was on my knee. Uh, and I stood up from that prayer afterwards. My life was different. There were things, I, I knew I had a different attitude. I didn't understand the spirit of God now living in me and that's what made the attitude change. But there were certain sins that I'd been committing pretty regularly. How many remember you? We were pretty good sinners. We're pretty good at it, right? Okay, good. So there were certain sins that just, gone. I had no desire to commit them anymore. They were just gone. And some of my sins, some of you might still struggle with it. I'm not here to make you feel bad, but I remember I had a real real bad filthy mouth, man. I mean, the F-bomb was like every sixth word for me. I know you can't, some of you can't imagine that. I remember that one now. That's right. I remember this crowd, um, But that was gone That was just gone And there were certain other sins That I just didn't do I didn't want to do I didn't want to commit them anymore But here's the other side of it See if you're the same way There was still a plethora Of other sins in my life Some of them I kind of knew And most of them I didn't even know They were sins That I still had a lot of work to do on Anybody know that? Raise your hand if you know What I'm talking about And how many know it's process, Right? that I'm still working on some things that are still being revealed to me in my life through the scriptures, right? The scriptures tell me what is wrong. It tells me how to get it right. And so I still have these habits and things I'd, I'd like to get rid of. And sometimes I think I'm to the point like I've conquered a lot, then God starts you know, showing me more stuff that I got to fix. And so I want to talk to you about how do you break the bad habits? And we're in this series called God With Us, a Christmas series and some of you might be thinking, "How in the world, Jim, are you going to pull out how to break bad habits out of the Christmas story?" Anybody wondering that at all? I'm wondering it. No, I'm not wondering it. I, I wrote it right here. It's just right here. Okay, but it, it is. It's here, and, and so I want to I want to take you through it because um, I I think it's really fascinating how we can apply. Because I don't want to just tell you the Christmas story without application. You know, Jesus didn't come to give us information He came to give us life I mean, don't you want more joy in your life And more peace and all those things Don't you want to be known as that joyful, loving person They can see a mile away And not walk away from them a mile away But anyway, Matthew chapter 2 We're going to go 1 through 8 I'll do commentary And then I'll do a couple points And we'll take this thing on How to break some old habits in life Because I think it's filled with this in the story In, the, in this narrative When you're in Matthew chapter 2, say, I'm there. Okay, now watch this. Here we go. And we're going to do eight verses of commentary. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Now remember, let me say it again. He was not born December 25th. No, that came up via a Roman pagan holiday called Saturnalia. And so if anybody ever comes to your door in twos and knocks and says, what day is Christmas? December? Don't say December 25th because they're going to try to trap you on that one. Say, well, I know it's not December 25th, but I just choose to celebrate on that day. That's your out right there. He really was born more like late September is when he was born. And there's a whole cool teaching that goes with that too, but that's not our focus today. Um, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, uh, saying, now he's born in Bethlehem. Question, does anybody know what the word Bethlehem means? House of bread. It's fitting, isn't it? Jesus at the Last Supper, um, he says, this is my body, it's bread broken for you. Jesus, when he comes to earth as, the, as God, he takes bread, he takes a body in a sense is what he does, Now, it says he would be born in Bethlehem. That's a really cool one too because in Micah 5 and verse 2, 700 years earlier, Micah prophesies that the king, Jesus' child, would be born in the city of Bethlehem or Ephra, um, ancient ancient word for it. Now, it says that Herod uh, in verse 1, Herod is the king. And then these magi, they come. Anybody remember where the magi are from? What modern-day country that would be? they're Persians is where they're coming in so they come looking for the baby king they're looking for this person Herod this king remember we talked about different Herods in the Acts series this is Herod the Great this is like the main guy at the time of Jesus Christ's birth this is the psycho grandfather of the guy we talked about a couple weeks ago So this guy murders 300 religious leaders, the Sanhedrin court officials. He murders his wife. He murders his mother-in-law. He murders three of his sons. How many like that family already? He's a very paranoid guy, and he's paranoid about his position. He likes being the king. He's self-proclaimed king. So he's going to eliminate anyone that he perceives as a threat to his kingdom. He's the guy that built Masada, he built uh, on the beach in, on the Mediterranean in Israel, uh, Caesarea. He had a, a palace there. He even had a pool, a swimming pool right there on the beach. He built that. But he's the guy that built the huge temple that was there at the time of Christ when Jesus said, Destroy this temple and in three days I'll rebuild. He's the guy who's been building that. He dies before everything's ever done. So, this guy is, is well known. Verse 2. Here's the question from the Magi When they arrived in Jerusalem Where is he Who has been born king of the Jews Now, I like the where is he Because if you go back to Genesis when, Adam, when God looks for Adam and Eve after sin The first question God asks is Where are you? And then you find the first question Where is he? I just like little things like that Anybody like stuff like that? Or do I not say that stuff anymore? Okay, okay You like stuff like that? Okay, good I'll keep saying stuff like that Alright um, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews, for we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. Say troubled. Because we're going to come back to that in first point. And all Jerusalem with him. Now, now it's going to start heating up. They come, the magi come looking for a new king. Correct? Herod is the king and he's paranoid. Correct? So now we know there's a little bit of trouble brewing in the situation. The question, though, you've got to ask yourself, and there are answers to this, how do the Magi, who live about 800 to 1,000 miles away from Jerusalem, how do they even know? To, they're Persians. They're astronomers. How do they even know to look for a star? that would point to a Jewish Messiah. I don't even know that. And so the way you piece it together is this way that um, in uh, Daniel chapter 5 and verse 11, we know that Daniel, when he was deported to Babylon, he is raised up and he becomes the Rab Mog. He becomes the head of the Magi. And so we assume that Daniel started to teach the fellow Magi under him about this Messiah to come because Daniel's a Jewish boy. He's telling them all about it. And we also know from Numbers 24, you know, 24, 17, that a star would point the way to the Messiah and so you start piecing these things together and that's how these magi would have known through Daniel, this is what you look for and they are astronomers so they know to see an anomaly in the night sky and that's how they come looking for this child king does that make sense? because that's basically the best way to explain it I think verse 4 Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired. So Herod wants to find out. So he's getting everybody together, all the religious people who know that Old Testament prophecy stuff. He inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. Verse five. They said to him, well, we know, this is the Old Testament, in Bethlehem of Judea. For this is what has been written by the prophet." So they tell him Well this is where He's going to be born um, But here's what I find fascinating You want a sidebar on this one? Okay good I'm glad you do Does Herod by asking them Where the Messiah Does he know and believe That there will be a, a Messiah This child to come Does he believe, know that? He knows it huh? That's a fact right? He knows it But what's he going to try to do To that kid? Kill him now, now think about it think about it think about it he knows there is going to be a Messiah right he believes it right but i snuff it out huh to me that's very fascinating because we know the scriptures teach that every human knows God has put in every human that there is God right we know that I mean all you got to do is put him in a foxhole bombs flying there's God right but they all believe it. Now, do they all acknowledge it? Oh, no. In fact, Romans chapter 1 around verse 18 says that people will suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Even though they know there's a God, they will suppress the reality that there is a God and they will not acknowledge it. And so, when you bring up things like that, and bring up this, that's why they get some of them—not all of them—but some of them get so angry because they've been suppressing the truth, and they've been using that emotion to suppress the truth. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to suppress it. I'm going to kill that kid. I'm going to get rid of that kid because I don't want this truth to come out because it's pushing against me and my kingship. Now, let's move on. Verse six. Here's the prophecy that they that they quote. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah are by no means least among the leaders of Judah for out of you shall come forth a ruler huh say ruler, ruler who will shepherd my people israel then herod secretly called the magi and determined from them the exact time say exact time the star appeared now we got i want you to focus on ruler and exact time in this whole exchange here because there's a ruler now he's king he's murdered a lot of people around him so the word ruler to him would that trouble him? oh yeah oh wait no there's no ruler but me in his mind but he wants to know the exact time the child was born why would he want to know that? how old is he? how old is he? because you see what we think by looking at and don't, don't burn your nativity scenes after right now okay? <laughs> you buy your nativity scenes and you have the magi in there don't you? it's, just, it's not real it's not true The Magi did not come till Jesus was probably a toddler, almost two years of age. So, but we always in our nativity scenes, he's there when he's a little baby wrapped in the main, right? So once again, it's okay to keep the Magi in your nativity scenes. Don't worry about that, okay? We're okay with that. So, but he wants to know what time because, well, how old about would he be now? And that's why he kills the baby boys age what? Two and under see, he wants to know the exact time so, I, so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna eliminate those those boys right there now verse 8 and he sent them to Bethlehem and said go and search carefully for the child when you have found him report to me so that I may come and worship him is he telling the truth oh he's a liar he don't want to worship Jesus. he wants to whack him right that's all he wants to do I'm not worried I'm gonna whack him but I'm gonna tell you I'm worshiping. worship him Now, here we go. Now that you got the basic gist in the story, now I want to go back in the story and I want to build application on how to break bad habits in our life because I think it's filled with it. And we've covered some of these things before. The first thing, and there's only two points, but second point, we'll go further. First thing is I must surrender to the real king. I must surrender to the real king. Now, (laughs) Herod, it says, he's proclaimed himself. We know from history, he proclaimed himself to be king. But when you read the text, it says that Jesus was born the king, right? So you got one guy proclaiming, I'm I'm gonna proclaim I'm the king. But you got another one, Jesus, who was born the king. Now let's go back to verse three and watch Herod in his response. And this is where we're gonna start drilling down. Verse three. says, when Herod the king heard this, he hears there's a new king in town. He was troubled. Say "troubled." troubled. And all Jerusalem with him okay now troubled now it says he's troubled and, and so I thought okay troubled the, the word troubled means to agitate anybody ever get agitated <laughs> yeah yeah you look like an agitated bunch of, no I'm just joking second service does not you guys okay and, it, and so it's the idea of an inner commotion okay how many of you put a load of laundry in the wash this last week okay I didn't I've watched that happen no I'm just joking really Uh, I'm too busy studying the Bible I'm just joking I'm joking don't believe that okay Um, and so in your washers some of them don't anymore but uh, most of them still do they have that vertical agitator right that thing in the middle I'll call it the thing in the middle the vertical agitator it's the thing in the middle okay and so you know when you shut that lid on the wash it fills up and then it starts back and forth and that vertical agitator is agitating the clothes correct it's not smooth it's just agitating have you ever had in the spin cycle when training your washer go off balance you ever heard that one you think somebody's trying to break in the house, right? Bah, 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 you know, it's 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 insane. And so then you know it's really agitated, okay? My washer's angry. It's just an angry washer right there. Now, that's exactly the word, the idea if you get the visual image, that Herod, when he hears there's a new king in town, his vertical edge, <laughs> he's going nuts. On the inside, he is just crazy. Why is he going crazy? why is he agitated because he's the king and Jesus is what? He's coming to rule. And like now we got a problem here. So his problem is I'm not surrendering to anything or anyone. I don't care what you call him. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to get rid of him. So let's take it a step further. Can we take a step further? Yes or no? Okay, good. You're good. Okay, so my daughter Vanessa uh, about three, four years ago, she does one of those tests, DNA to see ancestry, like what part of the world you're from. Anybody do those right there? I, I don't do that, because look at me. You know where I'm from, okay? So, Corona, yeah, <laughs> Corona. Yeah, okay, good. Well, here's my 40 bucks, okay? Um, so, um, so she does it, and it comes back, which it says she's Iberian, Spain, Portugal, in that area right there. I know my last name is more of an Italian name though I'm not Italian but Iberian, Spain and Portugal so she tells me that I go okay now in my mind that's cool but they didn't go far enough back did they? because I can trace my lineage back without paying anybody money I can trace the Biblically back I come from the son of Noah the guy named Japheth I come from him I'm from that son, but even that doesn't go far enough back, right? Right? Uh-huh. Because I can trace my lineage back to two people. Who are they? Adam, Adam and Eve. And so can you. Every one of us can. That. I, if you want to pay me money, come and ask me where you're from. Adam and Eve. Give me 80 bucks. <laughs> it's just that simple, man. I could just do it right now. Now, because you and I and me, pastors included because we all take our lineage back to Adam and Eve we all carry this little bit of a disease in us it's an inherited trait that we all got from our original parents Adam and Eve right and what's that trait let me show it to you Eve you'll be a God you'll know good and evil you'll be the shot caller see this whole thing came about Eve you'll be God you decide what's right and wrong. You de- we'll deify your opinions. If that's just what you think, your truth, your truth is right. You see our problem today? You see it right there. So we all have this little inherited trait that we all think we're little gods. And though so there's this inherent battle in us, this vertical agitator, that we want to be the God of our life, and yet God is the God of our life, right? So the issue is, will I surrender will I because see the first step if I'm going to overcome anything is the same with Herod's step is this I've got to make a decision of the will I've got to give up rule over my life to be ruled by the ruler and the word of God right that's the first step I just have to make that decision if I don't make that decision everything else is just a waste of my time because I've got this inherited problem that I've inherited from my original parents Adam and Eve so now let's go further you want to go further point two and this is our only second point we're going to go further in this thing now watch I must kill my flesh and feed my spirit I got to kill my flesh and I got to feed my spirit it's just that simple okay here's how it comes together and we've taught this before but this time maybe it'll really sink in Herod he's his um his ancestry, he's Idumean, okay? Idumean. Anybody go to uh, Petra in Jordan with us three years ago? Okay, that's Edom area right there. That comes from the line of Esau, Jacob and Esau. So Herod comes from that line back there, Edomian, even though the Nabataeans built Petra, but that area there is Edom, Esau. So he's Edomian from Esau. Jesus, the one born king, he's from a different line. He comes from Jacob. He's Jewish, Jewish Jacob, right there. They're both Jewish, but Esau goes down a different line. So these two twins, Jacob and Esau. Okay, hold that thought right there. They're the sons of Isaac, Jacob, and Esau. So here they are: Herod, Jesus, Herod's Esau, Jesus, Jacob. Now let's go to Genesis 25. Now watch this. This is I love the scriptures because there's a practical right now. Genesis 25. Um, application, literal, then there's an application for our life. Watch this. This is the story of these two kids. We're going to go back, I want to say it's about from this moment, about 1800, 1900 years before. Isaac prayed to the Lord. This is the father of Jacob and Esau on behalf of his wife because she was barren. And the Lord answered him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it is so, why then am I this way? So she went to inquire of the Lord. Here's what God says. The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples will be separated from your body. Oh wait, you jumped quick. I didn't finish reading that. Man, I feel so robbed right now. Let's go back to verse uh, 20. There we go. In your body. And one people shall be stronger than the other and the old, say it with me, and the older shall Serve the young. That's the prophecy of the two boys. The older shall serve the younger. Now give me 24. When her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. Remember, the older shall serve the younger. Verse 25. Now the first came forth red all over like a hairy garment. <laughs> what a cute kid, huh? <laughs> and, <laughs> and they named him Esau. It has the idea of red to it Esau. Verse 26. Afterward, his brother came forth with his hand holding onto Esau's heel. So his, his name was called Jacob, means trickster, supplanter, heel catcher. And Isaac was six years old uh, when she, his wife, gave birth to them. Now, question. As you read that, who's the older one of the two? Esau's the older one. He's the older one. <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> what's the prophecy? What's the prophecy? The what? The what? The older will serve the younger. So Esau will serve who? Jacob. Jacob. Okay, that's the prophecy, and that came to pass. That's a literal prophecy. But let's take the application for us right now overcoming our old nature. Got to kill my flesh, feed my spirit. Okay. Um, I've uh, I've been, I've been, I've I've shared this before. I've been uh, saved, I've been born again, Spirit of God living in me for 43 years. 43. My flesh, for those of you who don't know what that means, not this, not my skin, my old nature that is really good at sinning and wants to sin. Anybody meet that person in you? Yes. Okay, good. You should all know who he is. My old nature is, is older. <laughs> <laughs> it's in its 60s, okay? It's, in its, it's 66. So, And so, it, it's 66. So, my old nature is 66 years old. It's got 66 years worth of practice in sinning, right? It's really good at sinning. It's a professional at sinning. It doesn't even have to think twice about sinning. It just gravitates towards sinning. But my 43-year-old spirit is fighting against that old nature, correct? Okay. So my younger born-again spirits, 43, has to come to the point where the older, my older, old sinful nature, 6, 6, that older nature has to serve my younger spirit. Correct? That's how the application works. If I'm going to overcome old bad habits, sin, my younger spirit must rule over its older brother, my sinful nature. So how does the younger spirit put the beat down on the old nature? That's the question, huh? How do we do that? It's kind of simple, but yet it's something that must be done regularly. So if you have your Bible, if not, it'll be on the screen. I just want to turn there, my Bible. Turn to Judges chapter, uh, Judges 4. There's this great story about this woman named Jael. Now, for those of you who don't know uh, Ja'el, it sounds like a cool woman's name, right? Ja- hey, Ja'el, it means wild mountain goat. <laughs> so, in case you're thinking of calling your kid, oh, Ja'el, I'm going to tell my daughter that. What? Because wild mountain goat is the idea of that, of that word. So, there's, there's this battle, and um, these Canaanites are battling against the Israelites and the whole thing, and so. Uh, uh, Barak and Deborah they chase down the enemies and Sisera uh, is the general left of the Canaanite enemies and Sisera's on the run because his, his army's being routed as Deborah and Barak are chasing him down because they're, they're winning this battle and so in verse 15 Sisera is, is desperate he's the enemy he's desperate and in verse 15 watch what happens and we'll read these verses it says the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword uh, before Barak and Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot so he's running he's on the run he's a defeated foe but he's on the run let's say that Sisera is a picture this literally happened but now let's say he's a picture of our old flesh that wants to sin you follow me? okay let's say that so he's running because he's, he's defeated and our own nature has been defeated Verse 16 But Barak pursued the chariot And the army as far as Harosheth Hagoyim Repeat after me Harosheth <laughs> 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 no, Hagoyim You don't have to do that Yes you do No I'm just joking <laughs> okay. um, And all the army of Sisera Fell by the edge of the sword Not even one was left Whoa Now, Sisera, who we'll say is a picture of the old nature, fled away on foot to the tent of Jael. Say Jael. Say wild mountain goat. Oh, yeah, this is cool. The wife of Heber. Heber, Hebrew, Heber, yeah. The Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. So, let's say it this way. The old nature that's on the run and defeated by Jesus Christ he shows back up at our door, doesn't he? Doesn't he? He comes back to us, and hey Jim, hello. Now, verse 18. Joel went out to meet Sisera and said to him, turn aside my master, turn aside to me, do not be afraid. She says, come on in. But remember, she's a wild mountain goat and he turned aside to her in the tent and she covered him with a rug so now she covers him up oh it's hiding let's let's keep the sin a secret and he said to her please give me a little water to drink for I am thirsty stop how many know that Satan says just do it a little just once just a little but we know a little bit turns into a lot of bit am I right I mean, let's be honest for the sake of young people here. Older people, let's, let me talk to you for a second. Be honest, please, for the sake of them. If you look at your life and I look at my life, the things that we've struggled with, most of those things, we started doing at elementary or teenage years. Am I right? Am I right? Raise your hands and show them. Show them it's true, okay? The New Testament says, you know, flee youthful lusts, these points of control when you're young. Young person, don't start doing things when you're young because you might battle that the rest of your life. And it's, those are tough It's really tough But Satan says or Our old nature says just, a little, just do it a little bit she says, He says i thirsty So she opened a bottle of milk And gave him a drink And she, then she covered him Question What did he ask for? What did she give him? Do you think she has a refrigerator? No You think What's the condition of the milk? It's kind of warm I'm sure it was Right? So he going to give him warm milk What does warm milk do? I'm gonna put him to sleep okay he said to her stand in the doorway of the tent and it shall be if anyone comes and inquires of you and says is there anyone here that you shall say no in other words cover up cover me up hide me hide your sin cover it up don't tell anybody oh don't let it out of the bag you know and by the way the power of sin many times is just broken because we let it out we tell other people in a fellowship group we can trust They'd be praying for me so verse 21 but Jael here's here's the mountain goat Heber's wife took a tent peg can you already feel what she's gonna do? he's wrapped up in a carpet guys and seized a hammer in her hand so now she's like four okay so and went secretly to him and drove the tent peg into his temple and it went through into the ground (laughs) for he was sound asleep and exhausted, so he died. <laughs> now that's the kind of lady you don't want to fall asleep next to at night. <laughs> uh, this is a joke between me and my wife. We like to watch ID Channel, and if we watch watching one and we're sitting in bed, there's one on where the wife kills the husband. I go, that's why I hate to fall asleep next to it at night. <laughs> and I do it I joke like that every time it's just hilarious we laugh all the time man. we just giggle and giggle and we're older and we still giggle and behold as Barak verse 22 and, as, and Barak uh, and, and Bill as Barak pursued Sisera Jael came out to meet him and said to him come and I'll show you the man whom you're seeking and he entered with her and behold Sisera was lying dead with a tent bag in his temple hey come and deliver him I got him right here you could take the rug too now <clears throat> here's the question or here's, here's the deal in the whole story she doesn't give him what he wants huh he wants water she gives him what milk. gives him milk okay but she does give him what will eventually kill him correct because the warm milk will put him out she's gonna slam that tent peg right through his head so you don't give your old nature what it wants you give it what will eventually kill it right Right? Okay, okay, we're following that. So, what's the best way to do? You know, the question is this: What will weaken and subdue my old sin nature? Okay, wait, wait. So, you guys know I'm I'm a superhero fan. Uh, DC Superman's always been one of my favorites. Oh, it's all since I was a kid. And you know, I've watched in the movies I've seen since the late '70s. I've watched Superman. He he just he had bullets hit him; they bounce off. I saw in one movie I remember the second Superman and all these series of Superman the, the bullet hits his eye and the bullet explodes I'm like that's so cool and I'm already an old guy watching that I've seen and we know Superman can bend steel fashion look I watched Superman and back in the late 70s he stopped the rotation of the earth remember that as powerful as he is there's something though there's this Achilles heel for sure. what is it kryptonite. it's kryptonite you get a little bit of kryptonite next to this powerful guy who's oh, he's powerful man And now that guy's going to go down He's going to die Right Kryptonite will kill him Here's my question It's so simple What Is kryptonite To my old sinful nature Raise your hand and tell me What's kryptonite to my old sinful nature What is kryptonite to my old sinful nature What will weaken it Eventually just knock it out Way back there, word of, God. word of God, Word of God. What else? You're exactly right. What else is kryptonite to my old sinful nature? Prayer. Raise your hand. Don't don't be out of line. Right there. What is it, bro? Prayer. 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 Old nature hates it. Hates it. What else is kryptonite? Right there. The Bible, which is the Word of God. But you're correct. Yes, Bible. Word of God. What else? I don't see a hand. Where? <laughs> This is my class, okay. Right here? Worship, worship. Oh my gosh, my old nature. Uh uh-uh. uh, come in here. See, some of you don't sing during worship. You think you made the decision. You are kidding yourself. The enemy made that decision for you. You're not going to sing. I'm just going to stand there because your old nature, it don't want anything to do with worshiping Jesus because that's like kryptonite to it. What else? Right there. Bring, bring it to light. Bring it out in the open. That kills that guy, man, right there. Oh, he hates that, right there. What else? Right there. Joe. Love, love will eventually change. Love me another beat. Love always conquers. He hates when you love your enemies. He hates that. He'd rather have you condemn him, and I'm going to go lecture that guy and tell that guy what to do. You know, he, loves- he hates that. Anything else? Yeah, Larry. Pardon? Fellowship It's a killer Boy that old nature Don't want anything to do with fellowship Don't get around those other Christians Don't be doing stuff like that You're much stronger by yourself Yeah right Back there bro That Praising him in the middle of your struggles Praising him in the middle of your struggles He hates that. Oh my God don't do that Don't be doing that whatsoever Anything else Yes the Holy Say it louder ask him for the Holy Spirit's power in your life. He really don't want that at all. It's the last thing he wants. How about generosity? Yeah? Generosity. Be a giver. I mean, think about this. Do you think, oh, I'm going to be stingy. That's going to make me a more powerful Christian. <laughs> really? No, it's going to weaken you. See, there's all these things that will weaken. It's like kryptonite to the old nature. And all these things must be practiced regularly. Correct? You can't just be intermittent on that stuff. Now, put up Galatians 5, watch this. Here's where the, the whole struggle takes place. Now, read it with me, one, two, three. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Okay, verse 17. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you, Jim, may not do the things that you please. please. Ever feel that way? Oh my, that's our whole life, right? There's a struggle right there. And so therefore, if my old nature and my spirit, if they're at odds, then the real answer to the question is, which one do I want to win? The answer is, the one I feed. The one I feed. And the one I want to lose? I starve it. I kill it. I don't give it what it wants. Okay. Let me show you how it. Let me get. Let me use this visual. Okay. This I'm going This is a closer. So when you're somebody you going, oh, whew, good. I thought it was gonna give another point. <laughs> um, I could, but. Um, so, Herod pulls a Magi in and he says. Hey guys, huddle up. I want you to want me. No, that's an old song. Okay, (laughs) that's ridiculous. Uh, This second service won't even know what that means. Okay, Um, um, you guys are like my guys. Um, And so, um, so he goes. I want you to um, find out where he's at. Come back, report to me. So I go worship so he's telling these guys that they go find out and they find him do they come back oh no they don't come back I want you to think about that just think about that right there because he verbally told them to do something correct but they didn't do it which means he can't physically make them do it he verbally told them but he can't physically make them correct are you following that okay good let's go back to superman the tragedy of the late 70s Superman movies I saw the first two I never saw ones after that it just didn't look well, no I did see them but they weren't very good but the first two were good Christopher Reeve remember Christopher Reeve yes. Was it, you don't want that happen to your enemy what happened to him you want nobody you don't want anybody to happen so here he is he's riding his horse he's doing the whole thing and he gets thrown back in the 90s and he gets thrown and lands on his head It's the guy that played Superman and he's paralyzed He's paralyzed from the neck down like 1995 or something like that and of course he lives nine more years and and he finally dies from it and he's in the wheelchair everything's moved by his mouth it's it's a sad situation very sad you know the Christopher Reeve he was 6'4 about 225 230 pounds he's a big guy that guy that big is a strong guy right just a strong guy I mean you think about his life and I'm going to try to piece this all together for you so physically you know he could probably manhandle me and make me do you know you're gonna go do that oh gotcha Chris okay I got it physically tell me to do it okay you're gonna do it okay but once he was a quadriplegic in that chair, he could verbally tell me to do something but he could no longer make me correct you follow me do you follow me it's a very important truth right there and let me show you why? This is your last thought. Romans 6.6. 6. Paul says, knowing this, he wants you to know that you got to know this. This is a spiritual reality with power. Knowing this, that our old self, the old nature, the old thing, me wants to sin. That old Jim was crucified with him. Would you, the moment I gave my life to Christ, My old nature died on the cross. It was crucified. The tent peg went through, killed my old nature too. In order that our body of sin might be done away, say done away, done away away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Here's your last thought: the word done away. The two words done away. They literally are the idea of um, paralyzed or powerless. So the moment I gave my life to Christ, I, um, my old self, my old nature that wants to sin, it was crucified on the cross and now it's powerless. It's paralyzed. See, my old nature is like a quadriplegic. It can verbally tell me stuff. It can scream at me, sin, do this, do that. But my old nature can't make me do it, right? See, people say, the devil made me do it. The devil didn't make anybody do anything because your old nature my old nature as a follower of Christ it's powerless it's paralyzed can't be made to do anything it can only scream at me and scream at me it can only scream at you and scream at you but it can't make us do anything because it's been rendered powerless and we're free Herod can tell him go do this but he couldn't make him do it he couldn't make him do it because once they met the Christ child they went a different way and they weren't, they weren't going to be forced to do that anymore. Same with you and I. Same with you and I. We can leave bad habits behind. We can change our life. But the process is the process I gave you. And it's not a one week, I'll do this for a week and my life will change. This is the rest of your life kind of stuff. Make sense? Yes. Okay, let's pray. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, there, there is... You've given us these real practical solutions and they work and they're spiritually powerful against our old nature. Lord, we, we need to take these weapons. We need to take these spiritual truths and begin to apply them. And, And we honestly if we're following the opening verse that the scriptures they tell us what's right what's wrong how to get right how to stay right those are continuous sanctification things where things are being revealed to us continuously of what we need to change of the next thing that's got we got to grow in and that's a good thing that's great and help us to do that but we can be set free friends because we have been set free Now, if you're here today, and I don't don't know where you're at with Christ, but if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you've just never made that step. Well, maybe today's the day, whether you're in this room or watching online. Maybe this is your moment. I remember when it was my moment, and I sure wasn't looking for it. maybe it is for you today I'm going to give you an opportunity to put your faith in Christ or maybe a backslid. you just kind of took your foot off the plow and now it's time to get back in it for the rest of your life so I'm going to give you that opportunity right now if you'd like to put your faith in Jesus or rededicate your life just very quickly as a sign between you me and God Just open your eyes up right now, look up at me. And I'm gonna look back at you. When our eyes meet, you can close them. Just do it right now. Now those who looked up at me, I want you to repeat this prayer out loud. Everybody here is gonna say it with you. Say you're not by yourself. But know that when you say this prayer, you put your faith in Jesus, in this respect, that he came, he's the God-man, he came to visit his creation, he went to a cross for you, Carried your sins upon his body. He shed his blood to forgive you of those sins. He dies. They bury him. Three days later, he rises from the dead. Historical fact evidenced by eyewitnesses. That's what you gotta believe. And when you do that, in this moment, did you say this prayer, you repeat it? The Spirit of God's gonna come and dwell in you. The Holy Spirit that created the entire universe from nothing. It's going to come and dwell in you. And you're going to be a child of God. And every one of your sins, hard to believe, but it's true, will be washed away. Every one of them. It's like a clean slate. You'll be declared innocent and righteous before God because of the blood of Jesus. Not because of you or me and what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. And you'll be born again. So repeat after me, those who looked up at me, and those of us in this room let's say it out loud with them here we go thank you Jesus for loving me so much that you would die for me that you would take my sins upon your body that you would forgive me forgive me Lord and I know I'm forgiven come into my life Holy Spirit, lead me. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. I know I'm born again. I'm a child of God. Allow me to pray for you now. Let me pray. God, for those who looked up, when they said that prayer and that transaction took place and they moved from Spiritual darkness to spiritual light. And they became a child of God. They're a new creature in Christ. The old things have passed away. The old new things have come. I pray they walk in the newness and they do all the things that we raised our hand up in this room today that, that, that moves us for, to growth spiritually. Thank you, Jesus, for all your goodness to us because you are good. In Jesus' name we pray. And We all say amen Amen and amen. Stand up with me, everybody. So repeat after me, everybody. Here we go. Lord, keep me outward focused and fill me with your spirit. spirit. Give me the boldness to share the gospel gospel with others. Open up opportunities to minister outside the church because I see what I'm looking for and make me into a generous person like you. Hey, God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your day in the rain. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media on Facebook and Instagram at NBCCNarco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.